threaten Andre the Giant to meet the Iron Sheik. And this time, Fred Blassie to be the referee. Come on in, if you would, please, Iron Sheik. Before I talk about your match with the eighth wonder of the world, Andre, welcome to America. Welcome to, as we say, the Big Apple. Well, Gene, I can't say your last and very good, uh, Mr. Gene O'Collier, but I prefer to call you just Gene. I just want to tell you, Gene, thank you very much to uh, you. Uh, welcome, give me, and I want to, if you don't mind, I'd like to speak a little bit for thousand, thousand Iranian people and Arabian people in the, in the New York City. I just want to say, Salaamu Alaikum, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Muhammad al-Rasul al-Waliullah. Andre the Giant. I'm very, I'm very curious, before I talk about Andre the Giant, what specifically is Iran known for? Well, you know, uh, Iran, they know by oil, wrestling, carpet, pistachium, uh, anything you name it. Let me say something about that under the giant. Mr. John, last time you was lucky, you had the American referee. But this time is my manager, uh, I uh, mean, uh, uh, Ayatollah Belasi. No, 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 referee. That's right. This time they bring a uh, terrible shooter, they call him uh, Fred Belasi. Uh, Under the giant, this time we have two surprises for you. First of all, that Iranian oh, oh, boots. Oh, that's illegal. That's right, that's illegal. That Iranian boots, I have surprise for you. The second surprise is Ayatollah Blasi going to be the referee. Under no, 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 the no. giant. Yeah, Fred Blassi. That's the Akari Coliseum this Friday night, fans. You wouldn't want to miss it, Andre the Giant yeah, at the Iron Sea. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of the Bill After Seal of Approved, Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler. I'm going to fly solo a little bit this week here. Um, a little bit of change of plans. Unfortunately, uh, we have lost another legend in the world of professional wrestling. Of course, I am talking about, in my opinion, one of the greatest heels of all time the iron sheik has passed away this week um so the show's gonna be a little bit different this week i i just kind of want to talk about the iron sheik a little bit he's a very important part of my childhood uh, i know a couple weeks ago we had uh steve Bourne on the show and we talked about the career of superstar billy graham and unfortunately here we are again now having to pay respects to another legend of the business um so what we're going to do this week just because uh, it all happened so quick and, and the, the surprising news uh, i'm going to count down what my top seven favorite iron chic moments were or career moments if you will and then uh i'm gonna actually throw it back in time uh there's a show that myself and and uh, our colleague uh anthony Cirilli used to do the prodigy if you will um we used to do a show called the Classic Match Classroom a couple of years ago, and it was it was a really fun concept that we did where myself being about 20 years older than Anthony, uh, as you're listening to this, my birthday is tomorrow, so probably older than 20 years than Anthony now. Happy birthday to me. Uh, that would be June the 9th. Um, 
And Anthony is about 20 years old at the time, 19, 20 years old at the time of recording. And, and I would find classic matches for him and give him the build for it. We would watch it together and we would break it down. And we did one on Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Sheik and uh, their famous boot camp match. And it was just really cool to see. This was even before my time. This was a couple of years before I was even born. And so it was cool for us to go down memory lane and, and really just get to see the Iron Sheik be the Iron Sheik and just how this whole angle unfolded and built up the boot camp match. And I thought that would be a great way to pay tribute to the Sheik, to the Iron Sheik, just by taking a look at one of his most famous matches. Um, so what I'm going to do is I just want to quickly go over my top seven favorite Iron Sheik moments. And I just want to talk about the Iron Sheik personally for me. And then I'm going to throw to that show. Um Number seven for me, you gotta you gotta pay respect to the Iron Sheik's Twitter game. Um, perhaps the funniest Twitter account in all of professional wrestling. It's gotta be up there. Just no bullshit, direct to the point. Always taking shots at Hulk Hogan, that jabroni. Fuck the Hulk Hogan, as he would say. Um if you haven't, all the tweets are still up. And and I would just recommend just going by and reading some of the tweets from the Iron Sheik because uh you know, I'm not going to break it down in too much detail. I don't have any specific favorite tweets, but every time he, he'd just be one of those ones where you're just scrolling through your feed and all of a sudden the Iron Sheik tweet would be there and it always get a pop out of me. And, and I'm just really happy about that. Number six for me, uh, I want to go back to 1991 and the fact that he main evented SummerSlam 1991, which is really impressive. It was the SummerSlam, the match made in heaven and the match made of hell. And it was uh, in Madison Square Garden, which is a building that he is all too familiar with. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he won the first ever battle royal in the history of Madison Square Garden, earning himself a title shot at Bob Backlund, which he would lose uh, in his first run in the WWF at the time, I believe. Uh, but we're talking about Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior versus the, the Triangle of Terror which was the Iron Sheik, General Adnan, and Sergeant Slaughter. Sheik was going by Colonel Mustafa at the time. But I just think, like, it goes to show, like, the drawing power that Sheik had. You know, he wasn't in his prime at this time, at this point, but he was still getting the heat. Um, but just the legacy and the respect that he had built at that point, that they could just bring him back in in 1991 and have him main event the second biggest show of the year for them at that time. You know, right behind WrestleMania, of course, uh, SummerSlam is number one. And, you know, he wasn't what he was in the ring. Of course, he, he had lost step, but that, that was a fun little three-on-two match. Uh, he was the perfect person to bring in. It was Sergeant Slaughter, who was doing the Iraqi gimmick at that time because of the Gulf War. And uh, he was just a perfect fit for that. And, you know, they gave him a small little push, and it was a great little final send-off for him you know i think he went to i think he had just come back from running wcw at the time where he worked was working with sting i think at the great american bash 1991 89 somewhere in there um for the tv title say so, yeah, i would have been 89 when sting was the tv champ so yeah Sheik was still kicking around after the after his wwf ran and just the fact that you know based on his legacy that he main evented that SummerSlam, i thought was pretty cool my number five, uh, we've got to talk about the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17. Uh, Sheik makes his entrance to the ring. Bobby Heenan hits the world-famous line. Of, By the time Sheik gets to the ring, it's going to be WrestleMania 32, which, I mean, I really wish that they would have done a spot with Sheik at, or whatever WrestleMania. I can't remember what they said, maybe 27 or something. I can't remember Heenan's line off the top of my head, but I wish it would have done a spot with Sheik 
at that WrestleMania where he was still walking to the ring. I think that would have been really fun, whatever Mania Heenan said. But, I mean, the guy, he won the gimmick battle royal. Now, did he win it because maybe he was the only guy in the ring that couldn't take a bump over the top rope? Maybe. But who cares? It was great. And Cheeky got his moment, and he rode that thing forever. Uh, I'll tell a story a little bit later about the time that I met the Iron Sheik, the one time I met him, and uh, he brought it up to me, that's for sure. Number four, though, let's talk about something a little more serious now. Let's talk about WrestleMania 1. The Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov defeating the U.S. Express, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, and winning the WWF Tag Team Championships. This is a big deal back in the day. This is the first WrestleMania. They were probably the third biggest match on the card, I would say, behind the main event and behind Wendy Richter and Lilani Kai. Um, Wyndham and Rotundo were super over, managed by Captain Lou Albano. Of course, you had uh, Ayatollah Blasi with Sheik and Volkov. They used the cane to get the win. And I got to say, it's kind of cool. Like the very first ever WrestleMania, the Iron Sheik won the tag team championships. Uh, you know, you got to love Sheik and Volkov together in general were fantastic. And maybe I should have put them just on the list instead of that Twitter at number seven, just their tag team. The heat that those guys drummed up together back in the day between Volkov grabbing the microphone to sing the national anthem and Sheik going, ah, Russia, number one, USA, ah, two. Like, guys, Sheik, he got more heat than I've ever seen a lot of people get. My number three, of course, we have to talk about his Hall of Fame speech. Uh, WWF Hall of Famer, the Iron Sheik. The speech that would never end. The laughter that was in that room. I believe that was WrestleMania 21 weekend in Los Angeles where they kind of put all Hogan's biggest rivals in with Hogan on the top there. But he just kept going and they'd play his music and he'd go again and he had all the boys popping. And it was just such an entertaining speech. If you have not listened to the Iron Sheik's Hall of Fame speech, if I were doing a list of top seven Hall of Fame speeches of all time, that's probably going to make my list. It was so funny. Just cheeky being cheeky, baby. My number two, I'm not going to talk about it a lot because, well, you're going to hear it in great detail in a minute, and that is his boot camp match with Sergeant Slaughter. And I'm going to let the Classic Match Classroom tell that story uh, if it wasn't for my number one being what my number one was, then uh, this would be the number one. I think this was by far probably the most famous feud of his career, probably the most famous match of his career. Uh, him and Slaughter had great chemistry, and and you'll hear all about that uh, in a couple minutes here. And then that leaves me to number one, no surprise at all, taking us back to December 26, I believe it was 1983, the Iron Sheik. Ending Bob Backlund's four-year, four, four or five-year run as WWF champion and uh, defeating Bob Backlund in Madison Square Garden. They did a great angle leading up to this where uh, Backlund was doing the, the Persian Club Challenge and Sheik laid him out and hurt his neck. And then he got him in the camel clutch during the match and Arnold Skolin threw the towel in, which led to Bob Backlund's heel turn 10 years later, which I thought was really cool. Sheik didn't hold the belt for very long, only a couple weeks, and then all of a sudden he fought Hulk Hogan, and Hulkamania was born. And famous story where Vern Gagne offered Sheik a lot of money. Vern Gagne broke Sheik into the business, and Vern Gagne offered the Iron Sheik a lot of money to break Hulk Hogan's leg in that match, and Sheik wouldn't do it, man. He he was a smart guy. He knew that that big payoff might be good in the short term, but he was going to make more money in the long term with Vince McMahon, and he did, man. 
he did the iron Sheik uh, got to be in the top top heels of all time that the iran gimmick that he did uh you know he was an, uh, an olympian alternate i believe for the olympic squad um but for me in my childhood he was like the worst i hated the iron Sheik. he was a jerk he was mean to hulk hogan he was mean to the killer bees he was mean to everybody you know he's just coming out not being respectful uh, I had his giant action figure. I absolutely hated the Iron Sheik. So that means he did his job properly. And then he had this big career resurgence with his crazy interviews. And, you know, some of it was a little sad to watch. Like you could tell that he was definitely on some substances. And, but my God, was he hilarious? Fuck the Brian Blair. Fuck the Hulk Hogan. It sucked my piece of dick. You know, like, I don't know what he was saying, but I just recently actually went back and listened to. Uh, his episode of the Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. I've been I've been listening to all the early episodes of that, and Sheik was on it, and it's just so funny, like just the way he talks so casually. Colt Cabana, you're a very nice Jewish boy. <laughs> like, it's who talks like that, and Cabana was laughing and having a good time, and the Iron Sheik, you know, he was on Howard Stern as part of Howard Stern's Rat Pack for a little while. Uh, I got to meet the Iron Sheik in 2001, shortly after the Gimmick Battle Royal at WrestleMania. What a crazy man he was. Uh, he did a spot where he put somebody in the camel clutch. It was an indie show. Was Disco Inferno against Scott Demore was the main event. And Sheik was there, and then I have my picture taken with him. Uh, it's me. He put on... He was very adamant. Yeah, you pay the man. You pay the man. They pay and come. And of course, I'd already paid him. And then, I, you know, he's taking a picture with me. And as we're taking our picture together, he puts a turban on my head. I'm holding his action figure. He's got the big gold WCW belt for some reason. We're taking our picture together. The Polaroid back in the day. I'll age myself. Right, make sure you pay the man. Make sure you pay the man. And I'm like, Shiki, I paid the guy. I'm in high school. You're scaring the shit out of me. Like, this picture I saw to this day. He signed it, Shiki 2001. Uh, I've just found it the other day, actually, when I was in my basement. I still have it proudly displayed. And uh, the Iron Sheik, rest in peace, man. I, I hope we don't have to do too many more of these episodes this year. Um, we were pretty lucky last year. You know, the the amount of deaths are, were much lower than, than what they've been in the last couple of years. And this year's been hard. We've had a lot of hard ones this year. Uh, Jay Briscoe, Lanny Poffel, Jerry Jarrett. Bushwhacker Butch, Superstar Billy Graham, and now the Iron Sheik. It's uh, a lot of my childhood this year is uh, sadly passed away. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm just getting different in my, my age now. I, I turn 39 tomorrow, June the 9th, as uh, I'm recording this right now, late on June the 8th. The show should have been out hours ago, but I want to take some time. And, and I don't know, man, I just I take a step back in the world right now, and, and I, I'm just looking at things differently and i've been on this earth for 39 years of my life right now and i just am grateful uh i'm grateful for the entertainment that all the people that i mentioned that have passed away this year have given me uh, i'm grateful to all of you listening to this this um doing this podcast is it's been a dream come true it's been something i've always wanted to do i've always wanted to be associated in some way in this wonderful world of wrestling. And I'm thankful for Mike for helping me find not only a platform to do that, but I'm thankful for Mike for, for his friendship. Uh, you know, I love you, Mike. Uh, it's been a while since we've connected and actually gotten to record on the show and, and I miss you, man. And I, I'm looking forward, hopefully next week, I think we're back on track and 
really looking forward to just getting back and having some fun with you, man. I know we went through, we've gone through a lot of ups and downs on this show. We've had some highs, we've had some frustrations. We've interviewed some incredible names. And at the end of the day, though, my favorite thing is just to sit back and tell you how wrong you are when you make your lists and uh, and just talk about wrestling with my good friend. So I'm very thankful for that. Like I said, I'm thankful for all of you for for tuning in. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand of you, a hundred of you, five of you. I don't care. Thank you. Thank you for just clicking and listening. And, you know, I'm thankful for to Barry Wrestling as well. Thank you, Barry Wrestling, for giving me the opportunity to live out my lifelong dream and step inside of a wrestling ring. Uh, even just to announce somebody come down the ring, I've gotten to do some promos with some guys and, and contract signing segments. And I just want to say thank you for that. You know, I, I don't know if, if some of the, maybe this Iron Sheik passing is hitting me a little bit different than, than some of the other ones. Maybe because it was such a big piece of my childhood, but um, I'm just thankful in life right now. And I don't know really what else to say other than that, you know? Sorry to go off on a rant there. I know that's not the usual wrestling talk. We'll get back to that next week. But uh, for now, I just want to say I love all you guys. Thank you guys for everything that you do. And uh, on behalf of Mike, who's not here this week, uh, you guys have all been counted out. Please stick around and, and listen to the Classic Match Classroom. A lot of fun. This was a great show. I really miss it. I hope one day we can revisit this too. Uh, but yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. Hey, Hulk back, come back. He's right in the center of the ring. Put on it. Oh, look at the pressure he's putting on. on look it. at that. He's sitting right on that lower back. Is he ever pulling on it? Pull on it. And Backlund's got a bad neck. Pull on it. dethroned by the Iron Sheik. Now then, his manager is here with him, standing next to me, Ayatollah Fred Blassie. Your it comments. finally happened. I predicted this. I said this would happen. And I said it many times. This is the only title that's eluded me. But now my Sheik has got it. I guarantee every movie made tonight fell right in place. I just like, oh, wonderful. I can't say enough. Remember, I tell you before, you beat Laura American, but remember, I'm not American. I'm from Tehran, Iran, 10,000 miles. I come to Madison Square Garden with my great manager, Ayatollah Balesi, to get that belt. Ladies and gentlemen, the world of wrestling is stunned by this decision. Your attention, please. But your teacher has a rule. School is cool. Attention, everybody. Quiet down, please, because class is in session. My name is the Professor Tyler Wolf, and I am joined, as always, by the prodigy, my good friend, Mr. Anthony Cerulli. Anthony, what's going on, brother? 
everything is going great in the world of the prodigy uh you know we had a great episode last week we've had great episodes across all these weeks we are now a month into doing the classroom and i'm having so much fun i keep saying it you know this is the most fun that i've had doing a podcast and i'm glad to share it with my fellow canadian well, not fellow canadian but a canadian across you, you know, know what? you can be an honorary canadian as an as honorary as well. canadian i was gonna say we're like the what is it the can-am connection oh, or whatever oh <laughs> yeah, doing some homework there i love me some ricky martell and he's on the list of people <laughs> we're gonna talk about at some point on this show i got a great angle with him and jake the snake i want to get into one Ooh, day. okay let's yeah, do it yeah. one day great reference already you're already on an a plus this week and i'm gonna take it one step further because i feel like I am an, an American this week because oh. I've never had so much American pride in my entire life than watching <laughs> the Iron Cheek versus Sergeant Slaughter. My God, did this feud ever pump me up? It's like I had the real American playing in the background this entire time when I was watching this because it was so much patriotism. I was like, fucking America, let's do it. <laughs> A thousand percent, man. Uh, as I mentioned on the show last week, this was a lot of new stuff that I've never seen before. And this is why I love doing this show because I am seeing things for the first time as well that I've read about, that I've heard about, but I've never actually taken the time to dive into and, and get into it. And uh, to me, this is a type of feud that epitomizes what this show is all about. This is a classic that you just hear boot camp match and you don't think anything else of it other than, okay, they had a hardcore match. Well, how did they get to that hardcore match? Uh, you know, and especially for, for people your age, you know, you're, you're a lot younger than I am. This match, you might not have even heard of this feud, this match. This is one that could just get lost. So I'm really happy that we're going to take a deep dive into the Iron Sheik versus Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, and before we do that, let me take a page out of your book here. Guys, please like and subscribe to anything that we are doing. If you enjoy what we are doing, leave your comments below what your favorite parts are about the feuds that we're talking about, what feuds you would like to see us talk about in the future. We love your feedback and, and we just want the fellow wrestling fans to enjoy this look back in time all the way back to 1984 this week. Good cheap plug there. I taught you well. Maybe, maybe uh, the, the professor well. can teach, uh, the prodigy can teach the professor a few things. I think between listening to, to you for the last couple of weeks doing it and then Mick Foley last week with all the cheap plugs, <laughs> I was ready to take the leap this week. Uh, Absolutely. And if, if we're going to plug things, all episodes can be found also on www.countedoutwithmikeandtyler.com. Uh -huh. That's because uh, Mike does such a good job with our website. I, I need to give him a plug. He really does, because uh, you can also find another podcast on that website, the Titan Tron podcast, oh, which might be coming back soon. Who knows? Ooh, Who knows? Turn Ooh. your attention. Mm -hmm. Look, we almost just started our Macho Man. Oh, yeah. When the Titan Tron and Counting Out get together, brother. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, tune in the archives there at the class. Check out the episode three, brother. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> Before we get into the lesson this week, I always like to ask you, what, if anything, did you know about the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter? Maybe not even the rivalry, but just their careers in general. And then we'll, we'll span it out a little bit more. Well, I knew more about Sarge's uh, WWF WrestleMania 7 run, uh, the Iraqi Sympathizer. So I knew more about that end. Uh, as far as the Iron Sheik goes, I knew 
I watched WrestleMania one, so I knew a little bit about him. I watched the uh, Hogan uh, winning the title against him. So I knew and I've seen, you know, as many shoot interviews as I can uh, in recent years about the Iron Sheik. So that gives you enough uh, uh, Iron Sheik content right there. Uh, so I knew a, a little bit about these guys. I never I knew that they went up against each other in this boot camp match. I heard the name, never knew what it was, um, but I never knew anything about this feud. Literally, this is the first week that there is not a single segment that I'd ever seen, both in the feud or in the match. So to say I was looking forward to this would be a complete understatement. Well, I'm very excited. And uh, if there's nothing else to talk about, then hit us with the famous line, my friend. Ring the bell, because class is in session. And that's right. We are in session now. Everybody pay attention. The professor is about to start the lesson. We're going to start off at the very beginning. And the most simple and effective way to start a feud. I really love this segment. I labeled it crossing paths. The Iron Sheik was in the ring. He had just finished uh, beating up on a poor young enhancement talent. Uh, Freddie Blassie's with him, who I love me some Freddie Blassie. And the Iron Sheik is taking his time leaving the ring. Well, Sergeant Slaughter, who at this time was still a, technically a heel, uh, he was kind of in a transitional period where the crowd was starting to get behind him a little bit more, uh, was making his entrance to the ring. And you have these two guys with massive egos that just won't move out of the way for each other, you know, and, and Slaughter's kind of giving him the gears a little bit and Blassie's trying to get in the middle of them. And, and it's just like, well, just move. of the Iron Sheik and Slaughter are going to cross here. And the Sheik is coming out of the ring and Slaughter's coming into the ring. Wait a minute. Who's going to step aside? How simple is it to rub somebody the wrong way other than just, this was like a you know, who's Dick's bigger contest. You know what I mean? No, I'm Sergeant Slaughter. I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm the Iron Sheik. I'm not moving. What did you think about the simpleness of this? I was going to present a question to the professor because I was like, is this how it really started? Was just that I love the just the back and forth of just going back and forth, waving at each other. Yeah, you know, get out of my way. Over the side. Oh, you get out of my side. way. <laughs> yeah, ego. Ego at its finest. You have two heels that, that both think that their shit don't stink and I'm not moving for you. I, love I loved the crowd sign that it was two Sergeant Slaughter. How long are you going to let Iron Sheik wave that flag in the USA? Such a long sign. But like, if you really just read all of it, it was like, oh, yeah. okay, this is where yeah. we're going. And that's rare because there weren't a lot of signs in the 80s, man. Mm, yeah. That was like a nine, like a late 90s boom period, attitude era boom period where the sun right. started coming out. In the 80s, it was very rare to see it. So what did you think, though? Did you like this little simple, subtle? Yeah, it was, it was a good way to start it off. It already... It has a similar yet different vibe to Hogan and Savage because this is around that time, you know, the 80s. But, you know, it's you're going to see it more of like the energy Hogan and Savage you know, superhero esque later on. But right mm -hmm. here, you know, it seems a little different, which I like. So I'll give you a little bit of a backstory on what's going on around this time period as well. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter had just unsuccessfully challenged Bob Backlund in a series of matches for the world title. Uh, fast forward about a month or two later, the Iron Sheik successfully dethroned Sir, uh, Bob Backlund for the world championship. 
And then he would go on about three weeks later to drop the title to Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania is now officially running wild. This is probably about a month after, give or take, uh, from that time period. So both of these guys are are kind of in a you know a limbo spot here. Slaughter's still a heel. The crowd's ready to turn him face. The Iron Sheik is hated and despised because of something that's going on in the real world right now. And that would be the Iranian hostage crisis. That I don't know what your schooling system's like in America. Do you guys talk about this in, in your history classes at all? Has this ever been brought up? Uh, we probably have, but I did not pay attention in that class. So. Well, as long as you're paying attention in this class, and I'm just going <laughs> to give a, a little brief backstory here. Basically, 52 United States diplomats and citizens were held hostage after a group of militized uh, Iranian college students. Uh, they belonged to like a Muslim student following the Islam lines. They supported the Iranian revolution and they took over the U.S. embassy in Tehran, which is the Iron Sheik's shoot little uh, worked hometown. And they, 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 they held them hostage. And the standoff lasted for 444 days. Wow. Uh, so it went from November 4th, 79 to January 20th, 81. So even though we're a couple of years removed from it, there's still that, you know, heat with, uh, with Iran, the United States, yeah. right? So the Iron Sheik was one of the most hated men in professional wrestling because he ran with that, right? Right. So that's kind of where we are right now. And now you have Sergeant Slaughter, this American hero. Uh, well, not a hero at this point, but he's a you know an, an an American Marine, and he's come face to face with the evil Iranian. So even though after the standoff, Slaughter went in the ring and still worked as a heel, the crowd was ready to to see this. You know what I mean? So that's kind yeah. of that's kind of I, I did some some deep research for this one. Ah, uh, you see, we're getting a history lesson here too, like actual that's right. history. That's right. I I hope I didn't butcher <laughs> that too much. That was. All taken straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the most reliable. But I did know source. about the hostage situation. I just didn't know the exact details about it. So right. I'm gonna take half points for that. Uh, <laughs> which is gonna take us to the next angle here. Sergeant Slaughter declares war. This is the official face turn of Sergeant Slaughter. What a fantastic moment this was. The Iron Sheik uh, is lays waste to very young hot stuff Eddie Gilbert. Do you know anything about hot stuff Eddie Gilbert? I know the name. He was a fantastic mind in the business. He was one of the founding fathers of the uh, of ECW when it was Eastern Championship oh, Wrestling. Okay. Uh, him and Paul Heyman were, were very hand-in-hand hand with that. Uh, he did a lot of great work in the NWA, a lot of great work on the independent scene around the Philadelphia area, legendary feud with Cactus Jack on the independent scene. Uh, one of the lost heroes in professional wrestling as well. He died way too young. Uh, he was married to Missy Hyatt, so good on you, man, because she was a piece of work back in the day, so... <laughs> um, but anyways, I digress. Uh, so, so the Iron Sheik lays waste very young Eddie Gilbert here, and he kind of starts beating him down after. And Slaughter just has enough. He just runs out, chews the Sheik away. And, and the most powerful line where he's just like, Iron Sheik, I declare war on you. And then he hits the people with the Pledge of Allegiance. I've been ambushed a lot of times over in Vietnam. I've been wounded. I've got scars from bayonets. I've been down before. I've been Pearl Harbor before. The United States has been down before, but we've always fought our way back. Iron Cheek, I declare war on you. War! And I'm saying it right now to you, Iron Cheek. 
I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And let me tell you something, man. I'm a Canadian guy. I don't know much about the Pledge of Allegiance other than I think it's really cool. And <laughs> I had goosebumps watching this. The crowd was so into this and they were just so happy to have this American hero stand up for them. What do you think about watching all this? Um, the uh, Actually, to backtrack a little, that Sheik Gilbert match was not bad. It was yeah. a fast paced, you know, a lot more fast paced than you would see for a squash match. But, you know, Sheik was really pulling out all the stops here and Gilbert got some good offense in too. And he sold really well. So I really like that. I love the difference here between the two of us, because while you are very pro this, uh, you know, pledge of allegiance, USA, I can't get behind this. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm the American here. And it's like, I guess it kind of is similar to the fact that, you know, everything with Savage and Hogan, that it was very over the top and I'm more used to that more, I guess, realism, not realism, but like reality-based, not so superhero-esque. But when it comes to this USA stuff, I don't know. I just, I can't get into like the very just 24-7 talking about America and these promos. And it gets better as we go along. But, you know, I, I texted it to you. I feel like I've heard Pearl Harbor be used as a verb so many times during me and the Gene really, Me and Gene really like that one, right? Go back and watch uh, <laughs> Go back and watch WrestleMania 1 and just take a shot every time you hear Gorilla Monsoon just say, hey, Pearl Harbor him. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because uh, well, I guess that was around, you know, that time where, yeah. not around that time, but that's like the famous thing where Pearl Harbor got attacked right. from out of nowhere, but, uh, didn't see it coming. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, they really ran Pearl Harbor into the yeah. ground during this time, for sure. But, sure. yeah. but come on, man. You didn't get pumped up a little bit with the crowd. No, no, I definitely I definitely liked the energy, but like it comes down to like I like little, you know, USA reference. I like the Pledge of Allegiance. That was cool. Everyone's saying it. But like when it's every line is USA, USA, USA. I don't know. It was a little bit too much for me, but there is it gets better as we go along because there's more of a balance as the feud picks up. I think yeah. it's just the earlier stages. It's like setting the tone. I think tone. they really wanted to set the tone. This is America right. versus Iran. We're tired exactly. of Sheik, who's one of the top heels in wrestling at this point, mm-hmm. and America's going to kick your ass. Rah, rah, rah. Rah, rah. Uh, and that's going to take us to the next segment. I really like this one as well. I, I thought Sergeant Slaughter was just a fantastic promo throughout this whole thing. Maybe not Mick Foley level of fantastic, but in a totally different way. You know what I mean? Like He played this American hero very well. I know you felt like you kind of shoved it down your throat a little bit. Yeah. For me, I just thought it was like, man, I love America. You're disrespect, you're disrespecting our country. Um, you know, the line that he read about reading about seeing his comrades going down in the newspaper and he was sick of that, I thought was really powerful because it's reality that, you know what I mean? There, And I really like that he was sticking up for that and he challenges Sheik for a match. I thought this was a great problem. Every time I pick up an American newspaper and see that one of my comrades, one of my people, one of my Marines, one of my boys went down 
And now they're after just Americans. They're not even talking about military. Well, let me tell you, Iron Sheik, and you American trigger blasties, governments don't fight. It's the people that fight. It's the people that die. And I'm telling you, maggot, I want you here if you get the guts next week, all alone, one-on-one, -on -one, to wrestle me right here, right here next week. It was very good. I like um, when this is really where I start to see, you know, I, I said earlier that it was just USA all the time. This is when you start to see the feud really take shape and you have Slaughter kind of driving into Sheik. You know, not necessarily everything's USA, but you still have those references. What I didn't like was the um, how he ends off with the four, uh, you know, the four things that you need to know. And he says, you know, uh, you need to know about the canon and you need to know about. And then he ends off. And the fourth thing that you need to know, USA. And I'm like, again, we're doing this. <laughs> like, how am I? I get it. And then it's good because the fans start chanting, which leads into Sheik starts he gets on his knees and starts praying I during the fucking great i love yeah. chic this feud really i love chic throughout this entire thing and um yeah this was it was a good segment but you know when it wasn't so usa heavy yeah when you got to take a look back at the time period and the product exactly. that wwf yeah. was presenting at this point right these guys were all superhero cartoon characters as a shoot sergeant slaughter was a cartoon character gi right. <laughs> joe you know what i mean we're getting into rock and wrestling right now vince right. is taking over the world at this point uh so he was presenting this type of a little bit more cartoonish outlandish television right I think the reason why I'm not so into it is because I've seen it so many times in modern wrestling and it mm -hmm. doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the whole Rusev feud when you had guys like big show and Mark Henry and Zack Ryder coming out in these USA gears, yeah. it, it's just so forced. So to see this, I feel like if I was, you know, around 1984 watching this, it would be a lot different because the times were different, but the I'm seeing this. Yeah, but but slaughter that was actually his gimmick. You know what I mean? Like right, he, exactly. He was the uh, American Marine Corps, so mm -hmm. it made sense. Like when he would right, come yeah. up and and be like, "Stop talking shit about America," because she would run down America all the time for his heat, right? And yeah. he finally just had enough about it. So I like that it was slaughter defending his country that he has served. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I I like that. There's that sense to it. Uh, for me, it, it worked. But when I see a guy like Ziggler or Big Show come out. Yeah, you're not pro-American. Like you've never been pro-American. Like I don't, you know. Obviously, right. you're probably proud of your country, as I yeah. am. Be proud of my country, but I don't. I'm not wearing a Canadian shirt. I'm not old Canada and up over here. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um. So yeah, when when guys like that come out, I don't. I don't like that. But with this, it worked for me because that was Serge. Question for the professor, just to to clarify, Slaughter was never in the military, right? I don't believe so. No. Okay, because I looked it up and they said that he was never in the military, but he kept talking about it. So, okay. Good character yeah. work, Slaughter. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He really committed <laughs> to the character for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, and that's going to take us to Slaughter versus the Sheep on TV. Did this happen? I don't think it did because we were supposed to get the match. And I love the little raw, raw play flag off at the beginning. You know, That was in my notes. I love flag. that. I like that. And then as soon as Shot and Slaughter turns around, he gets Pearl Harbor by the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Had to throw it in for you. Uh, Sheik lays <laughs> the beat line. down. Sheik lays the beat down on Slaughter. 
And then I, I really like the heelness here. As, as soon as Slaughter gets up and goes to throw a punch, she just powders. He's like, I'm done with this. And, <laughs> and, and it made me want to see Slaughter beat the Sheik's ass now. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, like, I, I, the way to build this, you know what I mean? The, the, this, was a, this was a way to get me excited to watch an actual match between these guys. Now Sheik has pissed me off because he's being a coward. Uh, he, he sneak attacks Slaughter and then just Slaughter at the end as the segment cuts, you know, he's like, I'll kill you. I'll yeah. kill you, Iron <laughs> Sheik. And the crowd's like, USA, USA, let's go. Well, I see coming in and doing substantial damage. And then all of a sudden, just walking away from this man. I just uh, I thought it was a, a fun way to get to our, our first match, uh, our first real match, at least. I was surprised just watching this because he is so over that they never put the title on him. And I get it, it, it was like the right guy at the wrong time because Hulkamania was just starting off. But like, man, you could have put the title on uh, Slaughter, you know, and uh, it would have like the crowd would have been super into it. You know, I, especially in this. Happened. Oh, let's do the, it. I didn't know there was a reason. There's a let's reason do it. why. So oh. in my opinion, Sergeant Slaughter was the number two baby face in the company at this point. Uh, even as popular as he was, Hogan was still right above Slaughter by a good amount. Uh, I think he had surpassed Snooka at this point. I think he had surpassed Andre the Giant at this point, who was a really big baby face. Uh, but Slaughter knew his worth. So, you know, he wanted to go and do G.I. Joe. He wanted uh. G.I. Joe was going to make him action figures before the LJN big rubber action figures came out. So he said this to Vince and Vince said, no, we're making our own action figures. Like we need you on board. And so there was a falling out over money. And that's why Sarge ended up leaving the company shortly after this feud. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Some people, the story has been told many different ways where either Vince fired Slaughter in Toronto after a show or Slaughter and Vince just couldn't come to terms and they parted ways because they were beefing over money. But either way, like it all came down to the green. And Slaughter was one of the guys that knew his worth and saw these bigger opportunities, you know, being in G.I. Joe, which was the biggest cartoon on TV at the time, or one of them, is a huge opportunity for him to brand himself out, right? Uh, he got commercial opportunities that he had to turn down because Vince wouldn't let him do it. And he wanted to be out there more. So, and Vince wanted him just for himself. So follow-up question for the professor. Do you think, and this is an opinion question, do you think, money aside, that they would have ever given the title to Slaughter within this Hulkamania run? No. I think they would have been crazy to do it. As over as yeah, Slaughter was, that's true. Hogan was he was on a different level, brother. <laughs> Although Slaughter versus Hogan in this time would definitely be interesting usa just all over the place just a marathon i like they should have formed a tag team they could have been the the, the first mega powers <laughs> absolutely all right so now we're gonna build up to what the staple was at this time your house show Mark. madison square garden was the holy grail right but these guys would would take what they do on tv television wasn't the be all end all at this point it was your you know, you got to build your angles on TV so you can take it on the loop, right? Mm -hmm. LA, Boston, Madison Square Garden, Toronto. Uh, What you do on TV has to sell all of these different shows. Because at this time period, 
you're not selling your brand. You know what I mean? WrestleMania sells out because it's a brand. Nobody cares what the main event is. It sells out before the matches are even announced, right? At this period, that's not how it was. You know, I need to pay money so I can see Sergeant Slaughter whoop the ass of the Iron Sheik. And we're building up to that now. Both these guys got promos leading into their first stuff. Slaughter's was, you know, your typical Slaughter stuff. But can we talk about this Iron Sheik promo where he pretends to be a camel at the end? Just play it. Just play it right now. <laughs> I don't care. You have to play it. You're talking about Olympic Auditorium, Los Angeles. Look at, look at the, all the medals. I didn't buy it, soldier. I won the Red Olympic 60 at Mexico City. Now, in the Los Angeles, I'm already getting excited. I'm on the top 30. Bring me down. Los Angeles, California. I promise all the Iranian people, all the Arab people, all the Latin American, Los Angeles, Olympic Totortorium. I'm already excited. Soldier, I lost something to Hulk Hogan. I'm going to take it from you. Khatmate, I'm a Shanavandagane, Iranian Aziz, Kilar Los Angeles, Sendegi Mikorana, Salamas Mikoram, Masusan, Mortazaya Techie, don't clap me. Mortazaya Techie, Soleiman Khagani, no Karahame Shomastam, Iran, Iran. What did you think about listening to the Iron Sheik kind of promo? My only note was Sheik truly hasn't changed in years. I will I will listen to, like I mentioned earlier, his shoot promos and talking about Hulk Hogan and Brian Blair and all these different names. He hasn't changed. The things he says, the way he says it, oh, my God. He is Did you ever mental. hear the story about when the Iron Sheik failed his drug test back in the day? No. So there's a story going around where, you know, in the lady in the mid-'80s, I guess, it would have been probably a couple of years after this feud, they, they all had to do stare, their, their drug tests, right? And uh, Sheik gets called into his into Vince's office, and he's basically failed his drug test, right? Um, so Vince, I think it was for cocaine, and and Vince calls him in and goes, uh, Sheik, uh, you've tested positive on your test, and he didn't understand that positive was bad. He's like, Oh, thank you very much, my Mister McMahon. I love you very much. And they're like, No, no, Sheik, you're suspended. <laughs> like, this is bad. He just had no idea that testing That's positive fucking was, great. was a bad thing. I, I think Steve Carino tells that story. It's it's really fun. I love That's it. amazing. The wagginess of the Iron Sheet. <laughs> and, and that leads into match number one at Madison Square Garden here. Um, yes. And I, I like that the build for this is matches leading up. You know mm. what I mean? Whereas last week when we talked about Foley Orton, the build was based all around promos. Foley only fought two matches. Well, three, if you want to count when he walked out, but Foley only got physical with Orton in a in a one on one match once. They did the tag team match, and that was it. Whereas now, like I said, this time period, you've got to build these matches to build up to a bigger match, right? Uh, you've got match number one at Madison Square Garden. Did you end up watching all of these matches that I sent you? I, I did. I watched all of them, and uh, yeah, they were pretty good overall. I mean, I liked. I think it got gradually better as it mm. went along. This Which first the match, point, right? 
Right. Exactly. This first match um, had a, a few good spots. You know what I mean? Like beautiful suplex by Sheik that he does in every that match. She does. I love it. The way he pops yeah. his and flips them over. I just like but, how Sheik ran down like a maniac to start this match. He yes. jumped Slaughter. And it's just, <laughs> it, it's it's perfect for what you need. It's five minutes of Slaughter just whooping the shit out of the Iron Sheik. The crowd yes. was so into this, right? Then you get the beat down, you know, uh, the, the Sheik takes over, beats him down. Crowd goes crazy for Slaughter's comeback. And then, you know, I love the, the Schmaz finish. Slaughter just takes his boot off and just starts beating the shit out of the Iron with it you get your disqualification finish solder didn't care about winning the match he just wanted to to beat up the iron sheik you get the awesome brawl in the back with vince in the middle and everyone's like (laughs) swearing and beeping it out Uh, what i just loved how this built for me to want to see another match between these guys Back in the corner area now, and Slaughter caught up with him. I don't know the town run, but he's back in that area. This is unbelievable what's happening here. There's no way to control these people. There's no way to control these people. Uh, One, oh, two quick points. One, I love the spot where Sheik is praying. Like he gets on his knees and starts praying and slaughter just stomps on his hand. Yeah. <laughs> great, great stuff. And uh, yeah, like you said, the post-match brawl was just excellent stuff. I didn't really get into this match as much as the others, but you know, from the cursing, the selling, everything just works so well, you know, Vince in there, he, he just started trying to separate everyone. Uh, really just great stuff overall. Yeah, this was fun. And, and it leads into match number two at Madison square garden. And this mm-hmm. was, you know, a couple months later. So the house is still there. They're drawing money. People are paying to see this feud. Totally different match than the first match. Sheik was in control for most of this match. Slaughter just hit a gusher, man. He was bleeding yeah. buckets. Yes. And again, we get a double disqualification in this match. So now, you know, uh, these guys have, have fought into a Slaughter being disqualified. Now these guys have fought until they're both disqualified. Slaughter cuts the great post-match promo, covered in blood. He hits the Pledge of Allegiance again, which Madison Square Garden was really into. I know he kind of ran into the ground a little bit, but still a very powerful moment covered in blood, you know, basically saying, I will not fight another match until I get the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. I, I swear on my dead mother. Yes. Very passionate, <laughs> very passionate stuff here. What do you think about match two? Definitely the better match um, compared to the April uh, MSG. I like the callbacks to the last match, but it's edged, you know, like you mentioned to those house shows, you know, getting ready for that big match. You saw a lot of the spots from the last match. So, you know, the, the shoe being you or the boot, I should say being used um, both guys are really selling really well for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just adds to the fact that these are like two huge dudes going at each other. So, you know, to see them selling and, you know, flopping for each other was really nice here. And I think what really got me into this match 
to compare to the other match, you know, I didn't really like uh, Slaughter kind of taking 80% of the match and starting right from the jump because it doesn't really get me into it. You know, Slaughter's just consistently in the lead here. I like one that Sheik started off the match on the offense because now it gets me a reason to want to see Slaughter come back. But mm-hmm. at the same time, Slaughter getting color brought me in deep into the match yeah um especially chic biting the wound which i think is such a sick like i think if we were in 2021 we'd be getting you sick fuck chance but uh you know yeah i mean second half of the match was just superb and uh slaughter selling just added to it so this feud now has gotten big now we're on mainstream tv with it what do Mm -hmm. you think about this uh regis film and stuff i sent you to me this is my favorite part of the whole thing i thought regis was hilarious i love freddie blast he was one of the most underrated managers of all time you pencil that geek i love that <laughs> love every time he calls anyone pencil that geek you got uh regis covering this feud now on on daytime television what what did you think about this fun little stuff i love that these talk shows and you see like you know wrestlers bringing their characters to these talk shows all the time and i love that it brings out a different side of the character itself you know, the most recent one I can think of is when, I don't know if you ever saw in the lead up to Hell in a Cell 2019, when Bray Wyatt went on different uh, morning shows and did the weather in his gimmick That's in the, so I, I in the fire. Uh, yeah. And he was like, and we're going to have a little rain, but this Sunday it's going to be a cold day in hell and oh, great stuff. But nevertheless, um, you really got to see these characters of Slaughter, Sheik and Blassie just Really, you know, chopping it up with Regis. Eat your heart out. These are $100 bills, you know. And there's not one of them. Take a look. Take a look. You don't see no measly 10, 20, and there are 50. You pencil that geek with a That's single right. fuck in your pocket. That's we got right. big money over 16 here. carats, too. Eight carats right here. That's right. Let's go meet the Four sheep. Lincolns at home, too. Hey, four Lincolns, not three. We That's got four. Right. We want the sheep. Let's go get them. Pick, pick up your purse, Freddie, and let's right. go. <laughs> What do you get? I don't like it when he gets excited. Here comes the prayer. I think we're going to pray. Remember, I come from 10,000 miles, Tehran, Iran. What's he saying? Soldier I'm not done with you. I don't need any help from anybody. I never needed anybody to help me win a match. I never needed anybody help to take me over to Vietnam and fight and have these scars on my body. I'm a survivor, Mr. Philman. I'm a survivor because I'm here to tell you about it. Regis had some great lines in here. Like, all right, we're going to go see Sheik and he's going to take his purse with him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Sheik gets down and starts praying. He's like, oh, oh, he's praying now. He's praying. And he goes he's to getting, Blassie. He's getting worked up. I don't like when he's worked up. <laughs> Are you going to pray with him? I, I need to see you pray with him. <laughs> Blassie's just like, hey, man, hey, man. Uh, so Regis I love that they're and... going back and forth, too, between, you know, Sheik says something, then Slaughter goes, oh, great stuff. Yeah. So Regis in real life is a huge wrestling fan. It was before he uh, unfortunately passed away. And yeah. him and Freddie Blassie were very close friends. So that's oh, probably okay. where the, the door came in there. Um, right. Going over the years, Regis, when he was doing Regis and Kathy Lee, which was a huge show, would always have wrestlers and characters and Undertaker right. and Paul Bear. Undertaker, were, yeah. 
Rick Rude tried to like strip for Kathy Lee and she like legit got mad and left the set. Like, wow. oh yeah, there's yeah, there's always been a, a high crossover of wrestling and Regis filming. Regis was at WrestleMania seven. Um, uh, Freddie Blassie also is good with the celebrities because he was a big deal back in his day. Freddie Blassie was the top draw in the Los Angeles territories, feuding with the Guerreros, uh, feuding with, um, oh, his name's going to escape me right now, but that's okay. Um, either way, he is a huge heel, but he is also one of the main guys that helped get Andy Kaufman into wrestling as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Freddie Blassie, uh, that's that geek for everybody, man. I love me some Freddie Blassie. Is Regis uh, Philbin in the Hall of Fame in like that celebrity wing? Do you know? I don't know if he is. I hope I feel he, like he should. That's he like should a, be. It's a he first such, class candidate. He was so yeah. great for wrestling, man. He really did a great job of putting wrestling over and and always treated it with respect, which I really I really admire about Regis. Great, great fun guy, Regis was. Funny guy too, man. Absolutely. Uh, so then we you know we're leading up to this boot camp match now. Just a couple little promos here and there, you know. Uh, but now this is kind of like the, the business plan. We talked about it. We've had two no finishes. Now you're on their trilogy match. Normally that would be the, the blueprint, especially in the world title picture. You know, when Bruno was doing his defenses, you'd have one match that would be, a, you know, not a clean finish. You'd have a second match that would be maybe a finish, but a little bit disputed, which would lead to your rubber match, right? Three matches is, is the goal to get out of Madison Square Garden. And, and we've got promos leading up to the boot camp match. What are your thoughts leading into this boot camp match? Are you excited for this trilogy? Do you think the feud you're kind of over it? Like, where are you at on the build here? I got excited, more excited as the um, as the promos and the matches went along. I think the matches are really what brought me into it, uh, just because of the action. There were really good spots in between the promos. I was a little iffy on, uh, but you know, going into this match, it felt like it wasn't as USA heavy as it was earlier on which got me more invested. Um, so going in, I was like, I'm ready to see these guys go at it, especially with this boot camp uh, stipulation. I forgot that we were going to get uh, like this, I guess, no holds barred. I think it was even falls count anywhere uh, stipulations. So I was like, all right, so now at least there's more of a reason uh, to be invested. So yeah, I was onto it. Perfect. And this, uh, before we get into the boot camp match, where I turn it over to you here. This wasn't the only boot camp match these guys did. They ran the circuit, LA, Boston. They, they did a circuit of boot camp matches, but this oh, is the okay. most famous one. Right. Uh, so before I turn the floor to you, any final questions about the build? Any comments? Anything you want to do before we, uh, we turn it over for your assignment here? Uh, no further questions. You know, I was all USA heavy getting ready for this match, uh, but I think we're ready to go. Let's go into the boot camp match. This is going to take us to 
one exactly one week to the day after I was born. <laughs> June the 16th, 1984. As Bret Hart would say, it's not a church, but it sure is holy ground. Holy we are ground. In Madison Square Gardens, the prodigy, the floor is yours. Run me through the world famous boot camp match. All right. So high energy right off the right off the bat. Um, you know, you go right into it similar to last week, you know, right into it. Um, I love the entrance of Slaughter too. That the I forget what his name was, but you know, he brings out the flag all the way around, comes back, and then Slaughter comes out. Great stuff. Um, so high energy, really going at it. I <laughs> throughout all three matches, I love the Iron Sheiks. I call it the fish selling, where he's on the floor and he kind of just like like pulsates yeah. a little. Like I like love that. Devon Dudley there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I such just wacky you know it adds to that cartoon-esque uh nature of this feud um, i like how slaughter came out wearing the war helmet too yes and he even used it as a weapon which yeah. that was great too I love the counter uh, by Slaughter. I think uh, Sheik is choking him with the belt. And I think like Slaughter bounces off the ropes and just darts to uh, the other side of the ring. And that kind of just knocks uh, Sheik out of the ring, which I thought was really just brilliant way to counter that. Um, and it looked brutal too. There were some mm. moves in here that just looked really, really good. Sheik in control. How quick the tables can turn, Gene. For the first five or six minutes, the Sarge was having it all his way in complete control. But now, oh, Sheik right out here in front of us. Right on our table, landed on our plastic glass. Um, mentioned it in the second match. I love that there's consistent trends. You know, this feud is really all not just built around USA, but also built around shoes and boots. Yeah. Uh, the boot camp, man. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Holy shit. Good call, Professor. Anyways. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the boots were definitely um, in effect here. You know, help me out here. Was this another go at like, you know, slaughter going headfirst into that uh, curved boot? that Sheik has, and that's what busted him open? Or was there I, I can't remember if it was the boot or if it was the ring post, because he always does that great bump where he hits his head on the ring post. Right. I think it was the boot that got him this time. Because I remember there was, a, there was a point where he does the, uh, he puts his boot up, but he throws him into the ring post. So it might have been that, but I'm, I'm not too sure. Now the Sheik loading that boot up again. This crowd on its feet. Uh, but this is the first match that you actually see Sheik getting some color too. 
Um, he hits yeah. that diving stomp on him and he clearly blades, but that's not the point because it, he actually sold it really well as he was blade. Like he had his hands on his head there. So it looked very good. Um, so that's all that matters. Beautiful segment um, or spot, I should say of uh, I think it's uh, who was it? Sheik misses a shot with the boot and immediately goes into uh, a cannon, uh, the lariat. Yeah, the solid cannon. Clean, so clean. Oh, this is. This is. He's got it loaded up. He does indeed. Look out, Sarge. He ducked it. He got it. Oh, he got it with the cannon. Slaughter cannon. And then just the finish with a boot. It might as well end a boot can't match with the boot. Um, Pretty all right match overall. Like, I'm not going to say it yeah. was definitely a classic, but it wasn't, you know, of the caliber of which we've seen. Um, I couldn't really get into it throughout the entirety of the match. Um, for me personally, I don't, I would have to go back and check it out, but I honestly liked that second match just a little bit better. Yeah. I think it's, it told a good story. Um, I liked everything with the blood, you know, and I even, you know, I like that both guys bled in this match. I think it just added to it, but mm. I don't know. Something about it was keeping me from really enjoying it. Maybe it was just that superhero-esque vibe. Um, but what did, what I did enjoy was just those spots of, you know, the um, just those hard hitting spots. Like you mentioned the ring post uh, that he always hit. Um, I love that bumpy takes. Yeah. The Lariat too, you know, he throws a really good clothesline yeah, I mean, it was just, it was an okay match overall. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think out of all the matches we've covered, uh, this might be the weakest in-ring match that we've had. Yes. Yeah, I really definitely. did like the build. I'm on the opposite fence of you on the build. I, I Maybe it's because I'm not American and I don't, you know what I mean? You guys are very proud uh, American people over there. So there's a lot of rah-rah you always hear. <laughs> For me, I, I don't experience that, I guess. So like, I really like the rah-rah American stuff. Obviously it's different for me. I grew up shortly after this time period so this is i grew up with the superhero larger than life um characters i guess so right. i really enjoyed taking a step back and watching this i thought the the slaughter face turn was done very well yeah. uh, i think this match is exactly what you would want in a blow-off match you know uh both guys are a bloody mess both guys beat the hell out of each other and the good guy wins to send the crowd home happy right and that was yeah. the blueprint of the WWF back in the time, right? Uh, they were a babyface company. They always had babyface champions. The heels always challenge, and the babyface has to overcome the adversity, right? So at the end, you get the win for America, uh, the Iron Sheik, the evil, evil foreign Iron Sheik, boo, boo, <laughs> boo. Uh, you know, take your camel impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing on the planet. Uh, I, I enjoyed the build a lot more than the in-ring, but I like how we got to the boot camp match with building the matches. I think it's yeah. really impressive to sell out Madison Square Garden three times in a row. And I, I think this feud was really hot. Uh, I enjoyed the promo work. Sheik was crazy. Slaughter was very passionate. Uh, and what he delivered, it, it made me get behind him, which uh, which I, I really like. So uh, I, I'm with you, though. I think that uh, this was definitely the weakest in ring by far. What we I will did. say that as far as the classroom gradings, I won't be too hard on the build. I'll give it a B minus. And that's really for the matches. Like I really liked even the, um, 
their first match where it was just, you know, that tease. I like that too. Um, and the promos got better as they went. If, if we were getting pro USA the entire time, yeah, the which we were very close off, to, right? I would, I would have given it like a C to a C minus. Cause it, it was, it was a little bit too much, but these matches really brought it up for me, especially the a second plus one. to read just film. Yes. Re- a plus to Regis Philbin. I think he's the second in our A plus 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 Hall of Fame class. Regis Philbin go. and Mick Foley. I love there you it. Go. Uh, but and you know as what? Far- let's, let's put Brian Philbin in there as well. You know what? That's a good we need like a graphic of the uh, classroom Hall of Fame. Like what? What could we call it? That we need to we need to think of something of like a, some comments, everybody. What yeah. are we gonna call this? You know what I mean? The it's honor like roll. Our, How about the honor roll? The honor roll. The honor roll. Student of the week. Regis Philbin, welcome to the honor roll. So then, who would look you say? Us, <laughs> look at us booking on the fly, eh? Exactly. Who would you say was the Hogan Savage honor roll of the week? Oh, was there even yeah. one? You know what? Like, you could go with an unsung hero like Vince McMahon, or you know what I mean? Vince's commentary was really good. What about Mean Gene? Mean Gene was fantastic. Um, But, you know, I I gotta say, I'd say Macho Man would be the, I thought his promo work was really good. Or, you know what? How about this? How about the handshake? Oh, <laughs> just the handshake itself. The handshake. We're gonna have a graphic of just the hands. Yeah, I the handshake is perfect. my nomination for the honor roll. There. Um, so we got Brian Pillman. We got uh, uh, the handshake. We have uh, Foley, and now we Regis have uh, Regis Philbin. Wow, the look at honor that. roll is in full effect here. Um, for the match, I would give like a strong C plus to a weak B minus. Yeah, you know. yeah, I'm with you, but I'm about a B on this one just because I, I, you know, like I said, it's everything yeah. I want to see in a blow off match. Right. Uh, both guys bled buckets. They beat the hell out of each other. The crowd was the the stars of this match for sure. They were really into this feud. America, rah, rah, rah. USA, USA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I gave you a little bit of extracurricular uh, assignments here as well yes, for this did. one. And I fast forwarded to what you touched on a little bit earlier, Sergeant Slaughter, the Iraqi sympathizer. And, you know, he's got General Adnan, who's a very famous manager in the Texas Territory, Skandar Akbar, and uh, the AWA as well. I, I Very underrated manager again, but that's a different episode for a different time. Uh, and now he's brought in his newest mercenary, uh, Colonel Mustafa, who is a well past his prime Iron Sheik. I like on the commentary how the Vincent Man's like, that's the Iron Sheik. And they're like, I'm not too sure that's the Iron Sheik. Like, <laughs> just some great stuff. Sergeant Slaughter bringing in the reinforcements. Colonel who? Mustafa. Mustafa. And allegedly this man does the dirty work. It does. Oh, I know. That's the Iron Sheik, former World Rusting Federation champion. He may be in Sergeant Slaughter's army as a colonel now. And this man, no doubt, will do the dirty work. Maybe even dirtier than Sergeant Slaughter, if that's at all possible. There's trouble. Sheik looked awful here. His in-ring, he was clearly having a hard time moving around. Yes. Uh, he fell over putting the camel clutch on this guy. But I, I incorporated this in because I just thought it was really special. 
uh, after Slaughter ended up turning face again, he cuts all these great promos. I want my country back. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> seen any of those before. Uh, basically, once once the, he loses the Hogan and, you know, he's turned baby face again, he's begging for America to take him back. I'm sorry. I want my country back. He's oh, like that's awesome. Hugging the flag. He teams up with Hacksaw Jim Duggan to get him <laughs> back to the pro-American side. But we get one last encounter in Madison Square Garden in mid-1992, the Iron Sheet versus Sergeant Slaughter. Nothing compared to what these other matches are, obviously. Absolutely still very not. cool. Still very cool to see them in the garden one more time, especially if you're an older fan at this period. Yeah. And to top it all off, how does this match end? Sergeant Slaughter in the middle of the ring, hitting the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Not nearly the same fanfare as it had in the 80s, but still I thought it was just a nice little bow on top of this and probably a cool moment for these guys. I want to do something I haven't done in a long time. The I hope you'll get up and do it with me. I oh, pledge get up, allegiance get up, get up, you're behind me. to get up. the how about a quiz for you real quick can you Ooh. say the pledge of allegiance do you know it I do not. I do not. Oh. I know. Um, <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And that's, and then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. That's all you need to know. That's it. Um, that's it. I can't do it. Is that I will something say, you guys do in school? Like, is that, was that a thing like growing we up? We did that in like, you know, in like grade school, like elementary, like we would, you start off every day with the pledge and then you have your morning announcements. Uh, but you don't do it in like college, you know, it's uh, I, I high school. Being a public think, did, school we, thing. did we do that in high school? Mm, yes. Yes, we did. I forgot. Um, no but, um, I can see that being a public school thing for sure. And you know what? I, I like it. Yeah. I like paying respect to your country and I like paying yeah. respect to the flag. I think, you know, flag's important. It's a representation, a beautiful flag that you Americans have, by the way. I'm a big yeah. You know, almost as nice as the Canadian flag, but the Can-Am the Canadian flag is very it. nice. <laughs> it's a nice one. It's a nice one. I love that we're the Can-Am connection now, by the way. Oh, that's that's going to so pop Mike real huge. Absolutely. I have two quick points on these little, you know, nothing segments, to be honest. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. um, one, I like that they mentioned that he is the Iron Sheik when they call him Colonel Mustafa, because mm. nowadays you have people getting these new names that they don't even mention they're old. You know, not to name drop a do drop on here, but like, you know, she's obviously Piper Niven or uh, whatever Viper uh, in the Indies. But like now all of a sudden she's just do drop and they don't even allude to the fact that she's Piper. Like, come on now. Yeah. Um, so you have that when they brought Albert back as Laura. Yeah, that was bad. And um, last little point here, uh, because I heard it on this match. Sarge has such an underrated theme song, like his actual WWF theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> such a, a good one. song there. Um, yeah, I mean, these were a nice little way to wrap it up with a bow, but yeah, that boo can't match. What about the Marine Corps theme song in the 80s? You like that one too? Oh, uh, yeah, it just really just tied everything together with the patriotism. Oh man, <laughs> well, that puts a bow 
on Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Sheik. A fun little look back to the, the wacky world of 80s professional wrestling right before the rock and wrestling era hits. Uh, we'll definitely be revisiting some, some stuff in this time period over the next few weeks as well. Next week, however, your homework assignment. And now this is going to be probably the most stuff I've assigned you to watch. There's a lot of stuff to watch for this one. But, you know, we talked about patriotism this week and, and pride, right? Well, next week, we're going to use the word passion and loyalty. Okay. We are going to take a look at the feud between Jerry the King Lawler and ECW. Wow. Okay. And this is going to climax and circle around um, his match with Tommy Dreamer at Hardcore Heaven. Uh, that'll right. be kind of the match that we focus on. But this is going to be more than the match. The, the build up to this and, and just Lawler and his feud with ECW is going to be the main focus on it. Um, you want to talk about passion and loyalty. That ECW fan base is something real special. Uh, we're going to cover all of it. I'm going to send you, you're, you're going to need to really take time to, to watch this stuff. There's a <laughs> lot of stuff to go over. Uh, this is going to be a fun show. This was one of my, uh, the coolest periods of me watching growing up as a wrestling fan. I was in high school when this happened and I was just like, holy shit, man. What's going on here? <laughs> these guys don't work together. Like, what? so yeah, a lot of fun stuff to go over here. And then these early feuds, uh, you're going to see ECW leading up to their very first ever pay per view, barely legal. We're going to go over all of it. Jerry the King Long mm -hmm. versus ECW. Uh, I've got nothing more to say this week. You got any final closing thoughts here? As I say every week, you know, just keep supporting the classroom. We're doing some great stuff over here and, you know, our followers and our numbers are growing every week. So be a part of the classroom. We always want to get some, we got some seats to fill in in the back here. Uh, so we need to get a bigger classroom soon. I hope there's uh, some money in the budget from the school for that. Uh, but, you know, um, hey, you know what I mean? Let's, let's get this community growing. We got a lot of matches on the way and I'm looking forward to the future to share with the professor and the project. Absolutely. Uh, thank you to everybody who has supported us. Any comments, any likes, any of all that stuff, we appreciate it more than you can know. Uh, and we will always support you back. So, you know, we're not afraid to work with you. Work with us. Hell yeah. Uh, and that's it. On behalf of the Prodigy, I am the Professor. And class has been dismissed. Tyler, you're a chaperone.